How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Eucalypt Speed Test Intelligence Data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. My dad's not here right now. He's still at work. So I'm going to bless him. Mike Shope and the Bulldog. I'm going to see if there's a clean version. So then my parents and the people at my school will not get mad at me. We've got the spritzer filled with water, just in case if stuff gets too fire. I'm gonna set up the speaker and I'm gonna listen to Mike Shope and the Bulldog. I think this is the best Mike Shope feature that I've heard in a long time. I think his flow is really good on it and I like his aggressiveness on it. And the bulldog put not enough effort in it. I think overall his flow was good, but I don't like that mobile wrapping. That was my review of Mike Shope and the Bulldog. Didn't need the spritzer. Wasn't fire enough. No spritzer for you. No spritzer. Happy Friday, 3 o'clock for the NHL trade deadline. So we've got to keep our uh, collective head on a swivel here. Paul Hamilton will join me in just a minute. Zach told you about a couple moves the Sabres have made in about the last hour. At least that's when they were announced, apparently, or reported. And there's another one coming in, according to Jeff Merrick of Sportsnet, or maybe formerly of Sportsnet. Uh, Rasmus Asplund is going to Nashville. We don't have that deal yet, but, uh, you know... Three o'clock's fine. Paul two would have been fine too because then you'd get a little bit, a little bit more space to sort of collect thoughts and, you know, uh, have these straggler trades, you know, have rolled in by by an earlier time. But we'll we'll make we'll make it work. Yeah, I wasn't sure if we'd get busy today. Yeah, well, we did. You know, the last hour, hour and a half, it's been busy. You know, most of them are you know minor type deals uh, because all most of the big fish were gone. And, uh, you know, Buffalo made a couple along the way. Uh, Rasmus Asplund, as you mentioned, just uh, coming over right now. Not official, but, uh, as you said, from Jeff Merrick. So, um, you know, Rasmus Asplund I always thought was a nice player, but this year it wasn't working out for him. In past years I thought it did, uh, but it just wasn't. So uh, apparently the Sabres decided to move on. Let's talk about the player that we first learned today, the, the the first trade that we found out about Jordan Greenway from Minnesota. 
Uh, a couple of things jump out here, Paul, this forward. One is he's big, 6'6". The other is it came out right away. I didn't know this, but that he played for Granado on the U18 team, and Thompson was on that team. So says th- something which I think you would say you knew already or w- not surprised at all. I'd be the same. That Granado, it would, this kind of seems like an example of how he has an important voice in the room here. Absolutely. Uh, I'm sure they, that, he, that Don, or, or, uh, Don Granado had some input on this. Because Greenway has been a type of guy, an underachieving type player. Sometimes, you know, Bill Guerin has talked about that sometimes you need to kick in the pants type of a thing. But Buffalo obviously needs some size. But way too many, you know, smaller players. He's 6'6", 231, can add some size to that. And I'm sure Granado feels, look it, I know this guy. I know what his what he can bring to the table. We can get it out of him. We've done it before, type of a thing. So you know, let let's get bigger. Let's bring a guy like this in here. I, I think we can we can make him into the player that he's supposed to be. And uh, just to give you an example. I mean, this year he's got two goals and five assists in forty five games. Last year in sixty two games he had twenty seven points, and in fifty six games thirty two points the year before. So there's capability there. But it's not always there. So that's going to be Granado's job, and I'm sure he signed off on it, that uh, you know, he can get you know, more than this player has been giving. So we're going to have a change here. Greenway in from Minnesota. The trade is for a second-round pick that was Vegas's pick mm-hmm. in the Eichel trade. Mm-hmm. The Sabres had three seconds. Now they have two, and they have announced this trade, so it's official. And also a fifth. Greenway in, Asplund out. We'll see if there's anything else here, but um, overall, like, I don't know. Like, it's hard. I don't want to ask you to give me too fine an opinion on Greenway beyond what you've said already, but uh, what are we looking for? We're looking for size, you know, toughness, and also some, um, you know, defense. Yeah, somebody who can kill some penalties for you. They definitely need penalty killers. Uh, their penalty killing has, has been about as below average as it can be this season, and he's, it's, I think they're the second-worst team in the league in that department. So it's it's something that they definitely can use. He signed for a couple of years. It's not a, a lot. I believe it's around $3 million. I'm going off the top of my head. It's somewhere. Yeah, I think that's right. And um, so, you know, that they like that too, that he's, you know, price-controlled. He's only 26. You didn't have to give up a king's ransom for him. And, uh, you know, they, that was the one thing I didn't like about Jost. I think Jost has been okay for the team, but it was just another small smurf that they brought in, and they just have too many of the same type of player. You know, I think you got to – and they did the same thing with getting Stillman, big man, who, who has some toughness to him. And, uh, you know, so, you know, they're, they, they're trying to get a little bit bigger too, and another smaller player leaves in Asplund. Makes sense. And you, that's how you're – sounding and that's what you're saying it makes sense that they would be thinking this way so sounds like uh, also from Jeff Merrick a seventh in 2025 to the Sabres for Asplin so it's basically just handing him to Nashville I think that's the lowest possible again it's like Bjork yesterday and I think but the Sabres have a very good reputation around the league and it's a good reputation to get that you know what in in Bjork's case we're not going to use him anymore you know, let's give him an opportunity to go somewhere and play in the NHL. You know, so they did that. And the same thing with Asplund. I think maybe they've come to the realization that we're just not going to use him. We've got guys in Rochester that are coming along. I mean, you can even look to next year. Right. It's like, where are we going to put them? 
type of a thing. So let's let's give him an opportunity to go somewhere and, and play. So if you get a seventh round pick for him, fine type of a things. And that goes a long way. Agents notice that stuff. Players notice that stuff. And that kind of thing goes a long way when, you know, other teams, other agents and other players are looking at the Buffalo Sabres. Yeah, next year is definitely important to keep in mind with with any of this. I mean, this this is not a team pushing for a cup right now. This is about a, a longer-term build. And, Paul, I mean, they probably, not that they have final answers yet, of course, but have plans for which of those guys down there, Kulik and whoever else, might mm-hmm. be up here next year. And, you know, you want to make sure you have – you don't have – a space for them clogged by a guy under contract that like this is this is your chance to uh, free up that kind of space and Kulik definitely I think would get an opportunity and maybe Savoy I mean like Cousins never wound up in the AHL as a number one pick Savoy was just picked one pick later than than Cousins was he's having a great year in junior this year so who knows if they might consider him ready to jump to the NHL next year. And I think Kulik would definitely has earned an opportunity next year to, to fight for a spot. Paul Hamilton joining me on the Western hotline from the key bank, from key bank center. Bulldog is off. I'm Mike Shope here on WGR deadline day in the NHL. The deadline was at three, but as always, there are trades that come in <laughs> after, after three. Mike, shouldn't in 2023 they be able to handle the trades at 3 o'clock? Yes. Is that just me? <laughs> yes. Uh, you know, that's right. Um, how will you fi- expect to find out whether they're done? Like, will they announce it? Sometimes Other teams are doing that. they announce that. it. Sometimes you can ask about it. Um, you know, sometimes, uh, you know, they'll come down and say, all right, Kevin Adams is going to speak at such and such a time, around such and such a time. You know, and that helps you, of course, because you need to plan your oh. show and, and what's going on. So that's usually the way it goes. But very often, if you ask, they'll tell you if they're done. Okay, there's also a defenseman trade, a minor leaguer trade. Though the player the Sabres got from Anaheim, Austin Strand, has played 26 games in the NHL. L.A., I think, and Anaheim, if I remember correctly. That is right. All right. And the Sabres send defenseman Chase Prisky to the Ducks. He's been in Rochester. Yeah, that's just a Rochester trade. Uh, Chase Prisky never made it up here, and they actually got down to Davies at the blue line when they were bringing people up. So, you know, Pilot and Davies and and Clegg all came up before him. So, you know, I I don't think this player that they just got is going to be, you know, very high in the pecking order as far as if they start running out of defensemen. Well, this is um, pretty much the kind of day, unless there's something bigger yet to be announced, uh, that I was expecting. I think you too, you know, mm-hmm. a couple of minor moves. I wanted, like, I, I don't know much about the guys we're talking about here. Greenway is a known name, but beyond him, like, it's it's relatively obscure players. But I wanted there to be some action here, Paul, from the Sabres. Like, I, I'm giving them the benefit of the doubt, this front office, in a lot of areas. Like, I feel that they've really tightened up and have become a smarter organization. And I think... The team I want to think they are at least gets a couple moves done here because there has been so much action, you know? Like, if it's a year where nobody's getting traded and for whatever reason it's all stuck, then I think there's less of a point here. But with all the movement there's been around the league, I mean, they're not a perfect team. They don't have every roster spot occupied by somebody who's got, you know, a super bright future. There should be some 
some movement, and I'm, so I'm glad to see something. Yeah, by the way, John Klingberg, that people might be interested in, just got traded in Minnesota, so he did move before the deadline. Um, yeah, and there was an interesting quote from Don Granado after practice today, and it's, it's, it's very simple. He said, we've made a commitment, and now is not the time to be impatient. So if you can improve your team, fine, but you know, not just to make moves to make moves and you know, make sure it helps your team. You know, and, and, you know, so I thought that was an interesting quote from him, too, that you know, they've made a commitment to the younger players. He was talking about Jack Quinn. He goes, one guy he thought that was going last night was Jack Quinn. And I think there have been a couple of players, we, a couple of games recently where we can talk about where he's kind of been their best player at times. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So he's getting that opportunity for Alex Tuck. And so that's what he's talking about. You know, they've made the commitment, and now's not the time to be impatient. How do you feel about their chances here? Last night was not great. The score got away from them with the empty net goals and everything, but it was definitely Boston's game. It was. It was, you know, at 3 nothing. I thought – you know, all right, this is a 3 nothing game. I thought it was a good first period, and it was 0-0. And then they were okay in the second and started to fall back a little bit. And then Lukanen stood on his head. And then they, they Lukanen made some good saves on the Oposo penalty, and it's still 0-0, so he's keeping him in there. And then the penalty to Lukanen, which I totally disagree with, by the way, uh, the tripping the trip. penalty mm-hmm. where he's out to make a save on Pasternak, who falls over him, and – I don't think that should be tripping. I think Lukanen should be allowed to make a save there. So, but that they, you know, Boston scored on that, and that pretty much, you know, they ran away. How, how about this? I think if you trip over the goalie, maybe you should get a penalty, just for for falling down, for embarrassing yourself like that. What do you think about this possible rule change? <laughs> you are David Pasternak, you know. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> just got a ninety million dollar contract extension the same day. Stand up. Keep your feet. But what's Lukanen supposed to do? Like try to avoid him and give him half the net to shoot at? I mean, I I, I don't know. I just I I didn't like the penalty, and then that wound up scoring. Not that I thought they were going to beat Boston anyway, because it was starting to get away from him. Lukanen really had made some phenomenal saves in the second period. Right before that, Olison had a really good chance on a one timer. He hasn't scored in twelve games, and then down that the Lukanen thing happened right afterwards, and we all know the rest. So. Um, yeah, and they still have to play the New York Rangers three times. They have not played the Rangers mm. yet this year, <laughs> so that's coming up. Uh, you know, Tampa's not going to be hard, but on the other side of that coin, I think all three games they've played Tampa this year, they've played well. But two, two got away. They had leads in all three of them in the third period. Two got away. They did get a point out of one of them. And the other one almost got away, but then they found a way to win in overtime. Last so, week. Yeah, it's not a ridiculous thought to think they could come out if they play their play well to get a win against Tampa Bay. No, of course. Uh, that's tomorrow afternoon at 12.30. So these are big games. I mean, they're four points out now. And, um, you know, how about if you can say, like, these moves today, Greenway for Asplund basically is what we've got so far. Is there much of these next, what is it now, 22 games in the thought process? I imagine that'll be... A question for Adams is like sort of how much of this is for the future and he's under contract Greenway and then also how does he help them like right now no I think both I think that's you know that's the criteria he's talked about since he's been the general manager and I think in both cases Stillman 24 Greenway 26 I think both in both instances you're looking at a guy that can uh, help both now and in the future so definitely we'll see if um I'm not sure. I don't. I don't want to talk like it's over. So I just want to be open 
to um, the possibility of another move. We've talked about goaltending a lot, not so much in terms of the trade deadline, I know, Paul, but like whether the Sabres have what it takes there. And, you know, do they? Like twice yesterday we spoke, including on the pregame show, and Lukanen's under 900 here. He didn't get better uh, last night, even with the empty net goals. So um, what do you see like the Sabres doing here going forward in that? I, I did feel bad for him. He, he, that wasn't a five-goal game. He shouldn't have had five hung on him. His team basically, I don't know if give up is the word, but they got rattled, absolutely got rattled. To me, that was a three-goal game for him, and I wouldn't have blamed him on any of them. I thought he was really, really good in that game, and then he winds up going home with five goals against. And I just thought, boy, your, your team really left you out on that one to, to, to happen. So here he is, another game with five goals against. Uh, for him so uh, yeah it looks like from what I saw in practice that maybe Comrie gets the net tomorrow mm-hmm. he had the net by himself in practice which usually means he gets the net the next day in a game so uh, he's won his last three in a row in Tampa he won he gave up five but he won and made some really good saves in overtime when uh, Tampa Bay had a power play so give him credit for that at least that he made four really good saves actually in overtime so they could win the game in overtime. So it's it's looking to me like he's going to wind up in the net for uh, tomorrow's game. The Sabres have – it's very congested. I mean, we, you kind of know this when you see that they've had four, five, even six at one point games in hand on the Islanders. You know, I mean, their, their season isn't longer than the Islanders. They're going to have to play a lot of games in a short amount of time. They do not have two days off in a row for basically three weeks. 22nd and the 23rd is their next two-day break in the schedule. And they only have three such breaks the rest of the season. One is a three-day break, actually, in there. But I don't know, Paul, like when they were on the road a lot, they were talking about how they didn't get a chance to practice. And they won a lot of those games, so maybe this isn't so bad. Yeah, and oh, by the way, I don't want to forget to tell you this. Um, Rasmus Dahlin did practice with the team today. He, I watched him a lot, and he didn't look like he was holding back in the least. So things have changed with him now. They're going to evaluate it. He's going to be somebody that maybe skates tomorrow morning before, you know, they make a decision. He, as Granado said now, uh, a little different than what he said earlier in the week is he's not ruling him out, and they're going to monitor him closely. He, of course, wants to get into the lineup, talked about it. You know, they they, they still want to be smart about it, but it seems like there's more of a chance now, at least, Mm -hmm. that he could play tomorrow. All right, so we'll wait on Adams. We do expect him to speak at some point. Maybe yes. when it's over, they'll just tell you. How many of you guys are convening there down Oh, the quite arena? a few. Everybody's here. So the, the media room is overflowing right now. Oh, so baby. And don't forget, too, the latest I remember a trade, and I've done a bunch of these, is 430. The Sabres did have a trade that went through at 430. I wouldn't expect any tomorrow. But this afternoon, you got to be open-minded. I've seen a couple of 4 o'clocks. I've seen one 4.30. And then I've seen some where, by now, they've told us they're done. Yeah, my guess is, and maybe yours too, they'll, they'll send notice somehow publicly or just to you guys in uh, the media room that there are no more trades. And then maybe a few minutes after that, we'll have Adams. Something like that. We'll yeah, see. Usually between 3 and 4, we hang with the GM. So we'll, we'll, All right. we'll see. All right, Paul, I might uh, call you back. Okay, we'll talk to you then. Thank you. Paul Hamilton on the Western Hotline. The Sabres trade with Minnesota. 
Two draft picks go to the Wild for forward Jordan Greenway, who played for Don Granado in juniors on an under-18 national team. Tage Thompson was on that team. The coach has some, if not a great deal, of familiarity with him. They are sending Rasmus Asplund to Nashville for a seventh-round pick three years out. He just did not get you know, into the mix here very prominently at all. Only ended up playing 27 games this year for the Sabres. So essentially they, they give him away uh, to Nashville. And you have a minor league trade involving defensemen. What is like the big takeaway here? Because I'm sort of asking myself, I mean, this is about what I expected and kind of even what I wanted. Like not a specific player, but it makes sense who they got and what kind of player they got here. Big defensive forward type um, that sort of you get it. I mean, they have some glamour guys who can really score and are making big money. And this is important. It's an important role. And it's arguably what they need the most, at least in terms of forwards. Um, Nice to think about, to fantasize about high end goal scorers. But, you know, that was not going to be the thing here. Probably. Anyway, we did talk about Timo Meyer there for a while, but with what it costs to get those type of guys, I, I'm taking the risk of talking like it's pretty much over, if not over all the way. Uh, you know, this is, I think, largely to be expected, and I'm okay. You know, I, I'm i sure, like always, uh, there are going to be fans who wanted bigger changes. You know, that's what always happens at the deadline, and that's partly because the Sabres, for many years, I mean, we've had them be sellers flat-out sellers for a long time. Anything, I talked about this yesterday, like that you got on deadline day was just kind of sad, necessarily. Except for, okay, I've got some more draft picks. That's good. I mean, it can be a smart thing, but it's just sort of closure and another guy that didn't work out. You know, you've had plenty of those kinds of moves. Going back to, like, the Darcy days, there were years, many, where the Sabres were in the mix like this, and... The, the general common thought was, I wish there had been a little bit more action, either just because you like action or because, you know, you felt like the Sabres stopped short a little bit. But, look, they, I think it's clear, and I don't blame them. They trust what they've got, and these kind of fringe sort of trades, if you will, are to be expected and the kind of thing, I think, that um, I can live with, to say the least. I mean, I'm fine. I'm fine because if you do trust him, front office, Granado, all of this, I think you sort of got to ride that out. And they're not breaking up their team or flipping a first or even one of this year's, the 22 draft picks, like one of those guys. Certainly, I'm going to assume they talked about all that stuff, but um, a team that's sort of in this place, in time, in, in in the middle, growing is not likely to make that kind of big trade. And, you know, to get in the playoffs, I, I'm sure we'd all, I know we'd all love it if they finally got playoff games here. He had a look last night at what a series might look like, might look like. You know, it, it's hockey and there's always a lot of randomness, but um, the, the top the number one team starting there, and I would say the next two or three after that, maybe four, are on a higher level than the Sabres. So it's not like you don't want to make it. There's definitely value in that. Love to see it.
But to push too hard, to strain too hard at the deadline uh, and sacrifice any part of your future to that end, I, I would have had a tougher time with that. So I feel like that's probably about where they're at. All right, now it sounds like Kevin Adams at 3.30, which is perfect uh, for us. That'll be next, if that's correct. Greg Wyshynski, Marty Baran also today. This is Mike Shope on WGR. Pass to the far circle. Pasternak robs! Oh, my goodness! Uko Pekalukinen! What a gem oh. you are on that play! That was all net until Uko Pekalukinen took his house right back. One of the not-that-many highlights from uh, last night's Sabres loss in Boston, 7-1. Lukanen mentioned it on pregame. He's young. Um, <laughs> what else? He's a good prospect, young guy. Like, I'm trying to preface this with, like, you don't want to give up, and I don't want to give up. I feel like we say all the time and still this needs to be said even more like goaltending is so volatile, you know, guys that we think of as the very best bounce around a lot. Some guys just have these surprising, really good years from the bottom. It goes both ways naturally. And so um, I'm not, I, I don't speak almost ever with very much certainty when it comes to goalies, because I think it's wrong to, but man, you know, like everything about this, Sabres thing this year, like right now, almost everything about it is working. The coach is working. Um, the contracts, like Thompson, Net, uh, quintessentially, and and Cousins, like that that's working. You don't have even going back to like Sam Reinhart, where is he going to leave? You know, Darlene. You have guys that are sort of locked in. That you have every reason. We have every reason to feel good about. So, you know, what else will need to happen? I'd like to see them eventually push the payroll up and make a couple of really significant additions in the offseason. I don't think that needed to be today. But in free agency, there are ways to do that smartly. And it doesn't even have to be huge money. But let's see. Let's let's feel good or better about what kind of uh, financial commitment the Sabres want to make. Hockey department-wise, I'm good. I mean, I'm good about a lot of things here. The goalie goalie situation, though, if they don't make it this year, or even if they do, like I'm not sure there's a difference, what is going to be what they do in net for next year? Like, it's a big step forward this year, and Lukanen has played the most, so maybe, like, Lukanen is just sort of there. But I don't know. He... He's 61st in the league in save percentage among guys who've played at least 10 games, and that might have gone down yesterday. I just, I don't feel great about it. And whether or not you have Devin Levi in your future doesn't really matter. Like, it's now, this year has happened, it's not over yet. No matter what happens the rest of this year, we are back at, Playing for the playoffs, which is, I mean, that's only been, it's as simple as a goal of, as that sounds. That's only kind of been the situation a couple of times here in the last decade. They they did it when they drafted Jack and they had O'Reilly and Murray pushed all his chips in like right away with that team. That was a team that 
had the right to think about the playoffs that we talked about. Not everybody was ready for that, but we talked about that way. I mean, the year before, they were like the worst team in NHL history, so it would have been a big leap. And they made it interesting for a while. Then after that, you know, the, the, the season following that definitely would have been one where like, all right, well, how do you get in now? How do you get in from here? And so it hasn't been very many times, but this is now one of those times. No matter what happens between now and mid-April, get in or don't get in, this is now, no. there's no tanking, there's no rebuilding. I mean, really, like, that's not where you're at. Where you're at now is competing and adding players to your team and sometimes trading future assets in the, or, you know, yeah, trading, I mean, basically. But you have to use your power, so to speak, in that way to, to get into the playoffs. And I don't know, like, there's still so much left to happen and, the offseason, too, whether or not the Sabres will be predicted to make it. You know, it might be sort of right right down the middle, yes or no, on that. Um, too, too early to even speculate, to wonder. But th- that is the goal now. And today hasn't been, like, a huge day, not surprisingly, is it ever, uh, for the Sabres at the deadline. But, you know, I'm sure calculated. I know they've got good reasons for Greenway and making the moves that they've made. We hope to hear from Kevin Adams like any minute uh, to uh, explain that for himself. The Sabres are four points back now after last night's loss. They have the Islanders and still the Penguins up above them. Pittsburgh is five ahead now after a win. And you've got five teams within one. Sabres, Senators, Panthers, Capitals, who seem to have called for the check on their season, um, still have a chance, though. And Detroit sounded like James Van Riemsdyk was supposed to be headed to Detroit, and then he wasn't. And maybe something weird happened there, but that seemed like a pretty obvious trade candidate with a Flyers team that's pretty far back. And so he's somebody teams would have probably wanted to get their hands hands on, and um, for some reason or another, Philadelphia did not get that done. So still a chance here. Sabres five points out with four games in hand on the Islanders. Next up, Tampa tomorrow. Zach, do you want to break again to get ready for Adams or what should we do? You want to do that? Because otherwise we're going to have to skip one. Let's do that. Kevin Adams, we think coming up, Greg Wyshynski, Marty Baron as well today. This is Mike Shope on WGR. Welcome back. We go live now to KeyBank Center for Sabres GM, Kevin Adams. He's, you know, a six foot six, um, talented power forward at a great age with experience. Um, you know, Jordan's a player that Donnie has a long history with. Um, coached him at the NTDP, um, knows him very well as a player and person. But as I watched him very closely over the, the last you know number of weeks, I just I think we have a player here that um, that we don't have currently. You know, a player that he adds physicality, grit, um, is a presence. Uh, he can hold on to pucks. He's talented where he can make plays and get up and down the ice, but also. With that frame um, and his his ability to hang on to pucks and, and just have a physical presence, I just think it's an important addition for us that uh, something I've been thinking about for a while um, and was hoping to add. You mentioned uh, remember maybe a week ago about asking Kyle. Or- How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. 
Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. US Q3 2023. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. This is Tony Kornheiser's show. I'm Tony. We expected someone else. So what exactly is the show about? Hmm, I don't know. It's a sports show nominally. Football's over, but we're finally at a point where things matter in college basketball. And baseball season is on deck. Greatest three words in the English language, pitchers and catchers. We have some of the best voices come on and explain what matters or what makes an upset, like Ryan does. (laughs) Nine over eight. No, that's not an upset. No, yeah, it is, Bob. And if you're lucky, I might just tell you about my search for discounted sleep pants or my worries about what my dog just ate. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Well, what I noticed uh, wasn't that we were getting pushed around, but that teams were certainly um, trying to bully us. I don't think there's any way around it. When you watch our games, um, a number of the teams, especially going after our top players and just game after game um, targeting them, you know, it was clear. Now I think what our guys did was fantastic in terms of standing up for themselves, for each other, um, competing, not backing down, not giving up you know, one inch, I, I didn't see that at all, which is a great sign. But what we came into this deadline really focusing on, and honestly, I get up every single day thinking about how do we improve this roster? What do we need to help our group? And, you know, the focus became um, how can we add without, you know, taking away from the current team and, and these guys have put themselves in the position we're in, so you wanted to kind of balance all that and then also balance – if you add, what are you adding? Which for me, there was a, you know, as, as we targeted a forward defenseman, you know, these attributes we were looking for, but also players that can grow with us. You know, to me, it didn't really make a lot of sense to be going down the, the UFA market right now um, for rentals, more focused on players that we felt could help us today um, as a t- you know, in their individual skill set, but also can grow with us. And that without taking away. So I think we were able to accomplish that and really excited about, you know, Riley and Jordan for sure. Kevin, how does a player like that um, open things up more for, for the skill guys that you do have? I mean, I, I'm trying to think of a guy like you looking at this roster, a guy who's going to make an opposing defenseman sweat on a four check, knowing it's going to be a long night. The stuff, the battles in front of the net, the corners, that sort of a thing. How does he open time and space maybe for other players? Well, you know, I guess the simplest way to say it, um, 
Adam, is like there's certain players that when they're on the ice, everyone's aware. Um, and I put Jordan in that category. You know, he's a uh, he can skate um, and he can make plays, but he's got the presence physically um, that people are aware of when he's on the ice. Now, you know what we're building towards, and you've heard me talk a lot about this, is setting this franchise up for sustainable success and ultimately. When we get in the playoffs, whether that's this year or into the, the coming years, a player like that, especially in a playoff series where you know game in and game out is, uh, they become valuable. Um, so that's that's part of the thought process. But you know, you need talent to go, you know, with all of that, and that's one of the things that I that I really like about Jordan. He can make plays, and he's a talented hockey player too. When you were assessing Kevin, what you wanted to do with this deadline, how much were just the name two prospects, Savoy and Kulik, on your mind in terms of, I mean, you've said it before, you don't want to block players. You didn't do it with Paterka and Quinn, and obviously it's worked out the way that's. Yeah, they're, they're very much at the top of my mind, you know. Um, so you guys have heard me talk about it, but I also I think we've backed it up with the way we've handled things is that we don't want to ever rush players, but we're not afraid to, when we believe a player's ready, to make sure they're here. We did that with Quinn Paterka, Krebs, you know, you can even go um, to Samuelson last year and, you know, on and on. So we put those guys right in the category as they were um, non-starters in the conversations. And believe me, I'm really excited about the prospect pool we have, and so is the rest of the league because there are a lot of questions about guys, um, and not just those two, but others. And, um, you know, I think that for me is uh, is if you go back – couple years what we were really missing you know when you're trying to start to build your team and your franchise and then you're trying to start having conversations it's challenging if you don't have assets um, but those two in particular I think what Yuri's done in the American League at 18 years old is pretty special and very rare um, and Matt is just uh, he's, our, he's, he's, he's a saber he's our type of player the kid's just a puck hound relentless um, plays at top speed um, and just you know that's why we took him so high Kevin, when you look at the, the mold here, <clears throat> I think of Greenway, 26, he's got term. You've openly talked about this before. Is that one of the designs you wanted out of this deadline to get another guy like that to add? Yes, exactly. Uh, we're, we're evolving as a team. We're growing. Um, I love, you know to think about two and a half years ago and, you know, where we were and kind of the blueprint that we kind of started to really have to think about of what we were going to turn this franchise. And there's been a lot of really positive steps. And I think our team has taken a huge step right now. But you can't fast forward, you know, to go to certain places we have to do things uh, intelligently, um, really, really assess um, what the right and wrong types of decisions are. And Jordan in particular, having two more years, so you're getting him now for the rest of this year, plus two, um, at least at a great age, right in, the, right in your mid-20s when you're in your prime, but also experience. So, you know, I said that about Tyson Jost, you know, when we got him, a young player developing, but also 300 games of experience. I think that helps, you know, our group. 
So it, it was exactly the type of um, fit we were looking for. Um, and these deals aren't easy to make. I mean, there's a, but to do it without giving up um, one of our younger top prospects or, um, you know, something we weren't comfortable in terms of the draft um, was a challenge, but we were able to get it done. This is a unique situation for you. Your first two years as GM, you were a seller. What was it like to be a buyer and just that experience something different trying to add? Yeah, it's a, it's a that's a good question. It's um, <laughs> I I don't know if I can explain this the right way, but I'll try. I I don't really think about being a buyer or seller. I think about what we're on a path trying to do here, and how we're trying to set this organization up for sustainable success, and how we're trying to build this around you know elite level talent and character and people that buy in to what we're doing. So selling, buying, you know, it's it's part of it. And I think the difference is when you're in a situation like we're in today, you are setting acquisition cost um, parameters, you know, and then you're working really, really hard to try to get these deals done, taking the emotion out um, and just staying methodical and, and intentional on how you're doing things. So. I don't know if it answers the question, but it just gives you maybe insight to how I try to operate. Um, I want to just say to, you know, Sam Ventura, Mark Jakubowski, Jason Carmanos, Jeremiah Crow, like these guys are in the trenches with me in every one of these decisions, and they're really important in how I operate because, you know, they bring different skill sets to the table, and then I'll ultimately have Donnie as well um, and just kind of going back and forth. So none of these are made in a vacuum, um, but... I can tell you a lot of work goes into it, and I feel we moved our franchise forward today without compromising on things we were not willing to do. When it comes to Jordan, Don Renato has a good history with him. Does he feel, when you chatted with him and talked to him about him, does he feel like he can get more out of him? Yeah, that's, that's a, it's exactly why we did it. You know, for me, um, I put a, well, first of all, I have a ton of trust and faith in Don Renato. Um, in his uh, his coaching ability, his 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 one of his greatest strengths is his passion for the players and the the relationships that he builds. And he was pounding the table on this one and saying, "I know that there is there is more, you know, to this player, and I believe that if we acquire him and we." get him in our environment and the way Donnie wants to handle the certain, you know, however, um, our system, tweaks, all that stuff, he goes, I believe that we're getting a really important hockey player, you know, and so I put a lot of stock in that, Um, and I just think that's, in my position, as you've heard me say before, I have to ask a lot of questions, I have to challenge, Um, it's it's easy to say you want to do something, but, you know, there's a lot of, well, why? Tell me what this means. Well, how is it going to work, and where is it going to go? And I ask all those questions. But um, I did put a lot of stock in Donnie's past with with Jordan and what he believes he can um, do moving forward. Well, Don, obviously, I mean, there's there's proof, right? We look at Tage Thompson, what's happened with him, Rasmus, and there are other examples, Kevin, in your organization. Maybe if I could just dive a little deeper into that conversation you had with Don, what, what does he feel this kid needs to get by or kind of 
overcome? Is it intangible? Is it motor? Well, he, we you know, about? and Donnie probably do a better job of, of answering the question tomorrow for you. But what I what I can tell you is, um, not every player is coached the same way. And where Donnie is incredibly uh, talented, and well, he's talented in many ways, but one of the talents, in my opinion, Donnie possesses is nuances within psychology of, of handling his players. Which players need to be really pushed, which players need to be hugged a little bit, which players don't even want to talk to you, which players want to talk to you every day. You know, those are things that Donnie um, has a really good feel for. And the one thing that he, that he adamantly talked to me about was, I know, I believe I know how to coach this player and get the most out of him. And, you know, this is a player that um, when you watch him and you see the frame and the talent and the ability, we think there's upside. And you guys know from listening to me many times is I'm a big, big believer in trying to go forward with players that you think you, they have a higher ceiling. You know, whether that's signing players to long deals or acquiring players, we believe that maybe they're here right now, but we believe they can get here. Um, and that's something that I personally think a lot about. Kevin, you you talked about not wanting to fast-forward things. <clears throat> and the standings kind of put you in the position, whether you want to or not, you kind of do, because you're in this thing pretty deep. Um, where do you think, feel this team is right now in the wake of the last two games? And, you know, they need to get healthier for one thing, but what can get you over the top and get you in, do you think? I, I love where we're at right now. We've played 60 games, I think, now, four points back, with the youngest team in the NHL who comes to the rink. Um, they love each other in that room. They love playing here. So that is, like, so, so awesome to see. What I want to see our guys do is just go and just be them. Like, play fearlessly, um, earn everything they're going to get. And the big message, and I talked to the team this morning, um, the big message that I believe that I wanted them to hear was our biggest growth, in my opinion, over the next um, you know, 6, 12, 18, 24 months is going to come internally. It's our own players developing and even taking bigger steps. And... Yeah, we're going to work to round and you know add to the roster and do what we can do. But I am so excited for these guys to have this opportunity to feel what it you know like coming to the rink in in March and playing these really important games and um, learning. And you know, tough game last night, but you know, waking up this morning and realizing that we're in a really good spot. So um, let's go to the next one. And you know, that's part of maturing, and that happens when you get in the playoffs. You lose a really tough game in overtime, and nobody feels sorry for you. You better be ready to go um, the next night. So our guys are learning that, and I just, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm really passionate about the people in that locker room. It, uh, like, honestly, it gets emotional sometimes because I know what it takes to win in this league, and I know we have it. And now I want to just believe in these guys and, and let them go do it. It's That's exciting for me. There was so much talk, Kevin, about a particular defenseman on the trade market. Um, <laughs> you acquired you acquire Riley Stillman. He's got another year under his contract. Is this a situation where Riley, he's in a different situation in Florida in particular. He played more minutes. He was playing 20 minutes a game. Over the next six weeks and even, you know, 
is this an opportunity to really evaluate him as somebody who can play in a bigger role? So when, you, when it is time for the summer, you, you have the draft and there's opportunity to maybe look at other players that it's an evaluation period so you can have a better idea, okay, maybe we need this to add to, to that core. Um, you changed course in your question. Well, I was gonna say, okay. Uh, so, so Riley in particular, you mean? Yeah, um, well, because, so where I'm coming at with this is when that one particular defenseman who is on the market is obviously someone who plays yeah. a first or second pairing role, right? Is Riley somebody you can really give an opportunity to and see, okay, is he somebody who could fill a bigger role in our team? So maybe this summer we don't have to go out and get that, yeah. a guy who could play the sort of minutes that doubles in our power can play. Yeah, well, I, I mean, I'll answer it a couple ways. I think the first part is the Riley piece. You know, he's a player that I've watched for a while, um, and I like a couple things off the ice, what I like about Riley. He's a big, strong kid who's eager to get better. He, he fits that. He checks those boxes that we look for. So start with that. On the ice, I believe that he brings an element that um, we, we need a little bit, just a hardness to him. He does everything aggressive. He's certainly not afraid to, um, when, the, when the play's there, to finish a check. Uh, and he's going to certainly stick up for himself, his teammates. You know, do I think there's an upside to him? Um, absolutely. I think he's, he's 24 years old and he's just finding his way. You know, I do believe that he has the ability to improve and grow. So absolutely open to that. When it comes to, like, you know, the other scenario, we're kind of adding, you know, you weigh a lot of different things. Um, what I can tell you is we had a lot of discussions um, right down to the end. And what happens in my experience is not all trades, I, I would say, are, are trade options are created equal. It's not always apples to apples. You know, when we went through this, we got Alex Tuck, Peyton Krebs, you know, the two draft picks. And we were assessing in that situation everyone across the league. And some looked better than others, but you're giving your wish list of, you know, and it could look like this. So... I think what's important is, you know, being in those conversations and then for me weighing acquisition cost. And I think what's important for people to understand is um, that it's different for every team, you know, and we'll continue to find ways to, to look at the options to get better. Um, that, you know, some of these conversations that we had over this last month just roll into the offices. You park it. It didn't happen, and then you go. So there's a lot of that goes on too. But um, so we'll evaluate our own situation, and we'll continue to look if there's something that makes sense in the offseason. So we can interpolate from all that that clearly Ottawa wanted more from you than uh, Arizona wanted more from you than they took from Ottawa, right? Your words. <laughs> I think that's a pretty. Uh, um, am I allowed to say yes? Yes. <laughs> but in, in general terms, it sounds like teams were more interested in your young players than draft picks, where maybe for another team, they were more interested in draft picks. Is that fair to say? Yeah, exactly. That's exactly the point I just made. There is, it, you have to be careful whether it's, you know, as a fan or anyone just saying, well, if, if this team traded for this, then we should have done it. You know, that's not the way it typically works. Just, you know, and there are... Of course, in the conversations there is, but there is a line that we would draw in a situation like that as we got to that spot that we are not going over. And I am 
we're not in a situation where we, f we feel that we are backs against the wall, desperate. I am thrilled to death that there's an absolute arms race going on in the East over the last uh, couple weeks, and just there's, there's high prices, and I get it. Um, but, you know, I think that we wanted to be really careful of that too. Um, but, yeah, I think what you said is exactly right. And we, we always are going to be in conversations, especially um, when it comes to good hockey players, because I think that's important. But, um, you know, I think from our, our standpoint, sticking with our plan, doing it the right way, um, what makes sense for us is what we had to do. How do you find Yes. <laughs> I, yes, that's, there is a lot of that that has gone on in the past couple weeks. And candidly, um, I get it. What you cannot do in my position is get emotional, desperate, or um, give any sense around, you know, to your counterparts that, you're, that you have to do something. Because can make mistakes or get taken advantage of. Now, I promise you that I give, I give my um, colleagues the same answer that I've said to you guys. We have done a deep dive and learned from what's gone on in the past. It's reality, but we're not living there. And we can't make decisions because of the past how many years. We can't change course and make those decisions. I understand, and, but I also, it's why I get choked up, because I believe so much in these guys in this room that um, I don't feel that that's something we need to dwell on. But uh, we did, we've thought a lot about it, learned from what's gone on, but we're not going to live there. I, I just want to ask you, just listening to you describe all this, Kevin, and kind of looking at your relatively short tenure as a general manager in the NHL, and there was so much of, that was made of your inexperience when you started out in this role. I guess, I mean, you've been battle-tested in the sense of you, you kind of waited in the Eichel trade that you just talked about until you got the pieces that you wanted. And if there was ever a situation where this franchise would appear to be given up leverage you know, because of the politics and what was going on there, I mean, is that something maybe you're conditioned to now in your evolution as a, as a GM, I guess? Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, I Yes, I mean, that's a specific example of, I mean, to me it was franchise-changing decision where there is just no way we can compromise on what we felt we had to do um, to move our franchise forward and I believed it from my core and that's why we did what we did it was challenging no doubt but I still think part of why I'm so fortunate to have this job is um, incredible uh, trust from you know Terry Pagula and faith in that he believes in what we're doing here and the people around me and by the way the players that I talk to and ask them questions you know how are you feeling what do you think is going on what do we need I mean all of that plays a role but I, I really try to stay um, in the moment and stick with uh, what our plan is and it's hard. I mean, there's, there's, these are, these can be stressful times, and not a lot of sleep, and intense conversations, and 
it's also what makes it so enjoyable because uh, it's, this is this is an incredible opportunity that that we have in front of us. You made an, an understandable deal for Portillo, given the situation we all know. <clears throat> Where do you think your you know your goalie depth performance is now? Were you looking to upgrade that? And given that you didn't, where are you in that area right now? Yeah, I'm. I'm I was really, really hoping to come into this deadline um, and make make a deal for Portillo. Um, you guys know the situation. It's uh, became clear to me that I was told this was not market that he felt he wanted to play in and didn't necessarily see a pathway to um, the NHL. And you guys understand, like, we want players that want to be here and we want players that want to compete every day to be National Hockey League players. So it, it was a really um, important to try to find a way to recoup that asset, um, which fortunately we were able to do. And it's a great deal for L.A. They're getting a really talented goalie who's a very good prospect. Um, so I had a feeling that, that we could end up there um, as over the last uh, few weeks. Um, really feel good about what's going on um, with UPL, just where he's, where he is, where he was a year ago, where he, where it was in October, and where he is today. He's he's maturing, he's growing, he's having ups and downs like all players do. It just gets, it just gets um, highlighted even more when you're a goaltender. It's just the reality. Right. But um, no, so excited about him. And you guys know how I feel about Craig and um, you know what he's done for our organization. Comrie, I think, bounced back from his injury and started to really you know find himself. And you know we'll see how this shakes out over the next few weeks. But um, and then of course Devin Levi, and that'll be a really really important um, you know piece for us. Uh, I want to be respectful to Devin. He's in a he's in an important time in their college season and. Um, but we'll have those conversations at the right time. But I, I feel good. And then, obviously, we drafted a goalie last year. It's a timeline, and those things take a while. Um, but big picture, I feel good. Um, and I was really happy to get the asset coming back to recoup that for Eric. As far as take two more. Uh, just some other housing. You, you traded Rasmus Asplund. Did you, I mean, did you just get a change of scenery? Did he ask out and, uh, you know, he swapped against your defense? Yeah, that, the, on the defense side of things, just a little bit of a change of scenery um, for for Prisky to go out. You know, that was kind of one of those, uh, was looking for maybe a different opportunity. And Jason Kamanos, I thought, did a nice job, you know, really working around the league to find that for him. Um, Rasmus Asplin, uh, I can't say enough good things about the human being. I understand it's it was a challenging season for him. Um, just kind of, he had a real good year last year kind of just you know out of the lineup and it's it's hard so I really was hoping to um, do the right thing for him but also you know we wanted to at least find a way to get an asset back um, you know that we were able to do so uh, now he was a good pro um, he just you know I just spoke to him uh, the trade call just happened minutes before he walked in and uh, just spoke to him and he was just really appreciative and said I can't wait to see you guys in the playoffs it's going to be fun fun to watch you know so it just gives you a little insight of what a special person he is. Why did you sign Hauser? I mean I... Uh, purely um, just in case a, of a worst case scenario where you just get depleted that you have another NHL um, 
goaltender. And, and, and we don't have a contract issue. That was part of it. Some teams, you're, you're at 48 or 49 contracts, and then you got to be really careful um, adding one more, but we didn't have that issue at all. So we just, just it's why Mark Jakubowski doesn't sleep at night because he thinks of every possible uh, scenario. And you've experienced those worst-case scenarios in the past. So. And we don't want to do it again. So, um, But thanks, everyone. I hope you get out of here before the, the storm hits. And um, appreciate uh, through the year all the different uh, conversations we've had. I don't know when you'll see me, but uh, do this again. But hopefully it's, uh, it's with an exciting uh, smile on my face. So thank you, everyone. Appreciate it. Kevin Adams downtown will reflect on some of his comments and these trades over the course of the afternoon. And we'll start by doing that after the update with Greg Wyshynski of ESPN. This is Mike Shope on WGR. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. US Q3 2023. We all agree that reducing carbon emissions is a good thing. And once again, Toyota is leading the way. We hear a lot about fully electric vehicles, and Toyota has them with more on the way. But we also know a BEV is not for everyone. Whether it's because of cost, range, or concern about finding a charging station when you need it. Plus, the raw materials used to manufacture batteries are limited. Enter Beyond Zero, Toyota's vision for a carbon-neutral future. In vehicles and in manufacturing plants, too, in the years ahead. The materials used to make just one long-range battery for an EV could be used to make batteries for six plug-in hybrids or 90 gas-electric hybrids. That's why Toyota's position today is electrified diversified, empowering you to choose how to reduce your own carbon footprint with the vehicle that's right for you. A hybrid, plug-in hybrid, or battery EV. So shop, learn more, and get details at toyota.com slash beyond zero. Toyota, let's go places. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1,500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details.